0: Hey everybody! Hi guys. Well, from atheist Ground Zero in the United States of America, which is Salt Lake City, Utah. It's thank God I'm atheist. A podcast. I'm Frank. I am Dan.
1: Coming up today, we're gonna we're gonna be at the American Atheist Convention. We are the magic of editing.
0: We are. It it uh, starts today and today, sometime later today, and uh, we're recording on a Thursday, and it starts, and then we're but we're gonna but the second half of our show. we don't even know what it'll be the second half of the show is
1: happening sometime in the future it's in the future (laughs) we're going to time travel and we're going to be there so we'll bring you some so that's going to be exciting something something from the convention
0: from the convention a little souvenir yeah for all y'all we're not even sure what it is but it'll be there and and I guarantee you it'll be fascinating I certainly hope so with that
1: kind of lead in and promise Dan that's my
0: guarantee You'd, you'd, you'd Yeah, Yeah. my word is my bond. What have you committed us to, Dan? Fascination. (laughs) That's it. That's what I've committed us to. I stand by it. Uh, All right. Anywho, um, so there's that. Uh, How are you? Oh, I'm good. Good. I'm I'm, I'm busy these days. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you're very busy. I'm I'm busy busy too. Yeah, we're 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 both both we're both busy running around like chickens with our heads cut off. You know what? You know what we just did. The thing that I hate on podcasts—talking
1: mm, about their own lives—when they
0: start the podcast by doing like five minutes of like their daily life, I mm. hate that when that happens.
1: Well, you know, we, the dogs have been tired
0: <laughs> lately. The the
1: birds have night terrors, mm. and the oh. parakeet. Where's one that has night terrors? Oh, that is, and he just gets. One of the dogs all worked up oh. every night. It's just awful. This, that's such a shame. Can I tell you about my in-laws for a minute? <laughs> all right. Let's let's uh, let's move into some stories. Uh, can we move to the blood moon,
0: Dan? <gasps> Ooh, I saw the blood moon.
1: Yeah, I See, I could <laughs> have seen the blood moon. I was out <laughs> and about and just didn't know I needed to look up.
0: Just no, nobody told you, hey, look up tonight. I yeah yeah I, I, I only knew about it like the day before somebody had posted a thing, and I was very excited because it's been a while since I've seen a full eclipse of the moon yeah and so andrea cool. and I just went out on our patio and sat yeah. and lay on our on our uh hammock and yeah. watched the moon disappear yeah
1: well, it was cool um i ha- I have a uh early childhood memory of uh of a blood moon um that happened when I was Seven or eight, probably. I went, mm. So my mom woke me up in the middle of the night, took me into my brother's room, and uh, and which was south facing. Uh, and we looked out the window, and there was the blood moon. And I started screaming and crying, and I ran into the other room. <laughs> <laughs> what? You know why? It's, you you knew it was the end of the world. I knew that it was the the the, the blood moons set off.
0: Uh, bad events in the world. Indeed. And I don't and think there's, there's a there's, long history of this happening, There's actually. no way to argue against that. Uh, as a matter of fact, every blood moon means that the end of the world is right around the corner.
1: Um, well, actually, no. Oh, okay. Actually, no. It's when you have... Um, what do they call it when you have, like, four in a year? The tetra... Uh, the, um, uh, it's the It's the crux of the whole story, Frank. <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, it's a tetra something, isn't it? It's a tetra something, T- Tetris. It's Tetris. It's Tetris. <laughs> uh, when you have four of anything, okay. Anyways, uh, so when you have four in a year, it's kind of a big deal, and uh, because you know that doesn't happen all the time, right? You know, the last time it's not that technically four in a
0: year; it's like four in like a certain period eight, of time. eighteen months or something like okay, that. Okay, okay, okay. That's fine. Yes. Okay. Um, I just know that we have like. People a tetrad right to us if we get it. a tetrad a tetrad right t e t r a d yeah tetrad of of,
2: tetrad.
1: of moon yes. eclipsings um and uh, so anyways the last time that we had one when was the last time we had one well it was
0: like in the 90s or late 90s or something <laughs> yeah okay or no 2004 like something 2 like
1: 2003 something like that okay anyways so what some conservative evangelical types have noticed, right? Yeah. Um is that when so like like uh John Hagee, you know, Texas mega church pastor John Hagee. Yeah. Um also author of um um uh, Four Blood Moons, something is about to change. Ooh. Uh there's there are other there are other books <laughs> that 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 come out. Um, also uh, blood moons decoding the imminent heavenly signs um oh. by uh, mark blitz there's also blood moons rising biblical or bible <laughs> prophecy israel <laughs> and the four blood moons by uh, mark hitchcock uh he's a oklahoma pastor all right um and so so anyways i mean these books they're like they're selling like people are totally all about, i mean this is the new 2000 you know uh, what, what, when was when did the Mayan calendar in 2012? Yeah, yeah. This is the new 2012. This is a new Mayan calendar, people. You know... Uh, We've run out of... Mayan calendar's gone. Well, we need something else. We need a new the Millennium hap- Y2K happened. Right. You
0: know? like So anyways. I, I gotta think, you know, if this were actually an occurrence that had never happened before, or if it was an occurrence that mm. only happened once every you know, 700 years. But it's the timing, right? <laughs> so, in 1492, there
1: Co- was... Columbus sailed the ocean blue. That's true. And there was also a tetrad. Oh, okay. Okay. And that's the same year that Jews were expelled from Spain. Oh. Fortunately, Christopher Columbus found them a new home. Oh, here.
0: Here. Okay. Where, where they are in control so of the there was a, there was a
1: big thing that... <laughs> But there was a big sort of turmoil and upheaval Mm. in in the Jewish community. Okay. Um, In 1948, (laughs) bless you. Thank you. uh, There was a tetrad. Okay. No. Uh, That is 1948. Mm. Uh, The modern state of Israel was created in 1948. Oh. Okay. Okay. And... Oh, this is getting um, exciting! In 1967, uh-huh. Tetrad, yeah, okay, Israel. Uh, that's when that's the the Six Day War, right? Oh. That's when they recaptured Jerusalem, oh. right? So, like, big things happen, okay? Not Jew- not Christian things, Jewy things, Jewy things, All Jewy right. things happen, yeah. Which for con- the, the, but. Evangelical Christians love to watch these big, Jewy things <laughs> right. because they are waiting for the big one. <laughs> yeah. There's a big, Jewy thing that has to happen. <laughs> At which point, the Christians take over. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, they're waiting for that. Okay? Yeah, they're 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 waiting. Uh, they're they're tired of waiting in the back seat of, yeah. world, of world religions, right? Because and Christianity has just been shit upon until now. <sighs>
0: it's so hard to be a Christian. What was them so them controlling hard. like? A quarter of the world's population, and the Jews controlling, like, 0.2% mm-hmm. of the world's population or something.
1: Now, get this. Okay. According to NASA eclipse expert Fred Espinak. Okay. Okay. Um, There was, from 1600 no. to 1900, there were no tetrids. Um according to him uh, okay so this is really <laughs> important because apparently nothing bad happened to jews for those 300 years <laughs> i don't even know if that's a real fact it's in this article that i'm reading but whatever uh just for the sake of for for right now anyways but uh in general nasa does not consider tetrads to be particularly rare no uh because uh there uh, there will be eight sets of tetrads before the year twenty one hundred um so there this is you're very very <laughs> few lives get led without experiencing multiple tetrids yeah um and so so anyways uh where, where else the do thing I is this?
0: Here, okay oh, so here's oh. what's so stupid about the the whole concept let me just get this out you're so excited okay now. i know okay. yeah but let me just the thing that's so stupid about the the concept of like there were no tetrads between x and y is that it they, we mathematically know how to figure out when these things happen oh yeah it's that you could just make a calendar of them sure it doesn't like we know when they're going to happen, but see, here's what's important. Okay, it's not even so much that they
1: happen. Okay, it's 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 when they line. Did I say the whole thing about lining up with Jewish holidays? Oh, that's right, because it's like Passover. The, yes. Okay. <laughs> so this one <laughs> coincided with Passover. Right. Right. And if you if you look at the, the when the remaining three uh, lunar eclipses are going to happen in, in this, this tetrid, tetrad. Yeah. Um, they all line up with Jewish holidays. Oh. Now, but here's what I have to say about okay. Jewish holidays. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Yeah, and so I don't know how you could do anything without lining up with
0: a Jewish holiday, right? Because I pulled up a list
1: because I was like, "Well, when? How many Jewish holidays
0: are there?" Right. You could check your hemorrhoid flare-ups against Jewish holidays, <laughs> and it would probably line up pretty good. <laughs> yeah, probably. But there is stuff
1: I've never even heard of. Of course, I'm not. You know, a a jewish scholar no um or a scholar of hebrew studies um but uh tuba shavat uh is in january Uh uh, this year uh there's purim there's passover there's second passover what i didn't know there was a second passover yeah there's lag Beomer. well lag Beomer, that's one of my favorite things yeah there's shava shavuat okay the three weeks. They get three weeks. <laughs> the 15th of Av, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sakat, Shemini, Atzeret, and Simchat Torah, and Hanukkah on just this list. Wow. So do anything four times this year and not have it line up with a Jewish holiday. Right. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Especially when one of them is three weeks long and another one's eight
0: days long. Right. That's true. You know. Yeah, you're cheating. Yeah. And the whole year is a holiday. Wait, for when people. when is Passover specifically?
1: Uh, Passover started on uh, how
0: long? Passover is one of those Monday, long ones.
1: I think it's seven days or something like that. I was talking to a Jew on Monday. Uh, oh, good for you! And uh, and <laughs> she said, what a, "What a wonderful thing to have done." Or maybe it was on Passover. Uh, it might have been on Tuesday that we started talking about it. Huh. But anyways, there you go. And she said it goes until like she thinks Wednesday she wasn't even too sure.
0: Yeah, well. When the when the tetrad happens on Easter, then we'll know. Well, right, but this is supposed this year is Armageddon. Oh,
1: good. The war it is going to happen. People are dying in the streets of Israel. Dogs Blood is going to flow. Living together, mass hysteria. Blood and and people You don't want to know what happens in Salt Lake City during Armageddon. No. Brigham Young spelled it all out. It's
0: horrible. (laughs) Comic-Con descends. The atheists (laughs) come. (laughs) Clearly, it's the end of the world. It's the end of the world. Oh, that Comic-Con. I know. I kind of want to go. They got some big names to this They got some big names. Salt Lake Comic-Con is getting huge, people.
1: Yeah. And it's coinciding with the American Atheists, which... I don't know that the American Atheist knew that was gonna happen.
0: Well no, but American Atheist always does Easter weekend. That's their that's their thing. Right. That's their gimmick. Right. But but yeah, that is a shame. It it does seem that the two are kind of competing. Right. For the same audience. We should never mind. I just had a good idea, but I'm not gonna tell the people on the air just in case I we do it. In case we don't do it. Right. Well there's that too. (laughs) Which is more likely. (laughs) More likely that we won't do one of our great ideas. Right. Indeed. Anyway, uh okay, so I'm going to take us away from the scary moons and go to um Pope Francis. Yeah. He's uh he's for Holy Week. You'll re- you'll recall that last year. Uh just sort of right after he be- he ascended to popeness. Right. He uh he went for Holy Week to wash the feet of some uh, some kids in a lockdown facility. Right. right. Ju- yeah. Juvenile detention center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, uh, and this caused a great stir, in in in, in, in of the, admiration. Right? People were like, really, some admiration. Really? Here's the deal: it was not universal. No, it wasn't. Um, no. Because, and and so, uh, so here's the thing: um, every year, this is this has become a tradition that the Pope goes and washes the feet of people. Yeah. During Holy Week.
1: Oh, it's fantastic. Uh,
0: up until now, it's been the feet generally of like other catholics and it's been the feet of often uh like the well to do or politically connected or seminarians um or oh, okay. or you know or you know bishops or whatever what
1: about just uh people with dirty feet can't he just like he <laughs> just
0: find dirty footed people i mean that seems
1: like he's at least like providing a real service right exactly because
0: if he washed my feet i'd be like dude those things are clean yeah i
1: took a bath yesterday and i i I washed them i'm fine yeah but yeah you go to
0: india you're gonna see some dirty ass feet that's where he should go he should go to india they
1: have a surplus (laughs) he's
0: willing (laughs) yeah exactly seems like a perfect combo right there (laughs) Come with Pope a footwash. It's your best <laughs> footwash you're ever gonna have. I always want to make him Italian because they're in Italy. <laughs> He's not Italian. He's not Italian. Uh, it makes me happy. It's not care. that far off. No, that's true. I don't the, do a. The, I do don't the. do an Argentine accent though, so I'm. I'm really not. I'm not gonna do a. A Francis thing uh, anyway. <laughs> I do like the idea of him setting up like a booth. A foot wash booth. Mm, yeah. It's what I'm good at. You come and you do it with the foot wash. Yes. I will do it for free. I, and then I kiss. <laughs> it's very nice. I kiss once it's clean. Yes. And not before clean. Ooh, no, no. Yeah. E- even then, it's kind of gross. But no. It depends so on the foot. I it guess. does. Um, so, so yes. it's a, Obviously, the foot washing thing, it's a recreation of Jesus' action at the Last Supper when he washed the feet of all of his disciples and blah, blah, blah. Um so there are some other uh, guys who do it. Uh, I'm reading an article on RNS uh, about this. In, okay. And so this is contrasting Bishop Robert Mor- Morlino of Madison, Wisconsin, oh. who, who will wash the feet of 12 men, all seminarians. So okay. like, you know, disciples sort of thing. An sure. Inter- an interesting sort of parallel to the Jesus story. Right. Um, but then he's setting himself up as Jesus. I mean, he's a bishop. That's kind of what they do.
1: That's a little, uh, they're a little it, full of themselves, a little, a little presumptuous, I'm just going
0: to say. That's also what they do. <laughs> anyway. Is be full of themselves. Be full of themselves. Anyway, uh, Francis this year has elected to uh, observe the Holy Thursday Rite, mm-hmm. um, but he's not going to a cathedral uh, like Bishop Merle- Morlino. Uh, he's going to a center for people with disabilities. And he's going to wash the feet of a number of residents, all lay people, and perhaps some of them women and even non-Christians or non-believers. The horror. The horror. Well, well and so— That's—you that's know what? I—this
1: this is one of the things I'm going to put on the I like Pope Francis list. Okay. There's, there's the I don't like Pope Francis list. Right. But there's the I like Pope Francis. Uh, and— uh, this guy I think he's got this kind of shit figured out the symbolism
0: of this is right. so powerful right so here's the deal people are aghast some people like really con- conservative Catholics uh-huh. are actually genuinely aghast that the Pope would do non-catholics uh, wash their feet right and 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 the, and women because there's a Horrifying. tradition of it being men only and they're all Catholics. And I think I think you're absolutely right. I'm with you on this. I think he is. He's getting it right. He's sort of showing the best part of what Jesus's message is, right. and, his, and the best parts of Jesus's message. I dig. Sure, I'm into it. No problem. Uh, you know, love the people that are that most need to be loved, yeah. and like help the people that most need help. I'm down for that. Yeah. So uh, so yeah, he's gonna go do that. Meanwhile, bloggers, you know, conservative bloggers are just up in arms. The truth is, he's <laughs> kind of breaking Catholic law to do it. Is he? Kind of. How does that? Wait. There's okay. A, so, so there are rules in place. Um, now, up until, uh, where was it? Um, up until uh, 1955, foot washing uh, was not sexist. It was it was fine to do it for men or women, except that women weren't allowed up to the holiest part of a cathedral. They uh, weren't. No, not at all. Okay. So they couldn't really be part of it if it was taking place up there. Um, and then Pope Pius the twelfth uh, uh-huh. in the fifties. M- my favorite Pius. <clears throat> he's one of the good ones. Yeah, one of the good Piusies. Yeah. Um, he's, he simplified the Holy week rites and, and, ju- and sort of locked some stuff down. Well, canonizing certain rules and stuff. Uh, and if a Pope. Well, okay. Continue. Well, you'd think if a Pope decides That's he's what I was going to say. Yeah. It's okay. For the Pope to,
1: if it's a papal a Popal degree, if it's a Papal decree, uh-huh. doesn't it just take another Pope? Just not. To just shit on it, yeah, sure, I guess. I mean, I, if you're below Pope level, <laughs> right, then what? Then what the fuck if do you have, you have to say about achieved it? Achieved Pope level benefits, right?
0: Exactly. Right. It's um, like it's like a step above diamond. There's like there's a the oh. silver level. There's there's gold. There's platinum, and then there's diamond. Right. But then. There's Pope.
1: Well, usually there's like a double diamond and then there's Pope, <laughs> and now there's double Pope. A double Pope. We there actually is, have
0: double Pope we have status. Double Pope status at the moment. There's the, yeah, there's single Pope that is like <laughs> abdicated your to <pope-dom> Pope status. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then there's double Pope He's status. He's double Pope. He's double Pope. How do you say anything about double Pope? He's double Pope status.
1: Love it. No, uh, you know, there. so there. He knows it, about the floor that the casino has never even mentioned. Right. Right. He knows about the suite over in the quarters.
0: right. Yeah, yeah. He knows about he knows about the islands that only only really important people get invited to. Yeah, all of that. Sort oh of yeah. Thing. Anyway, uh, so th- there is controversy. I just think it's so funny. Like the one time that a pope actually like says, "Hey, maybe it's more important that this not be about tradition and that it actually be about Jesus. the message," <laughs> and everybody's like, "But the tradition." Yeah. What about the tradition?
1: There's a lot okay, I don't want to get all mired down in this, but there's there is something to be said about ritual and and tradition. And of course you can't always, you know, just hold I mean, ritual gets reformed through time and whatnot, but like there's a lot of people who really respond to it. Yeah. And there there are non I know non believers who respond to ritual. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. And so so I mean I get like in in one in one way i'm like i get the whole don't mess with our thing cuz mm. we like it but at the same time he is the pope and that's part of your thing right like yeah and he all he's doing is washing the feet of some women and some la- uh some non-catholics right so anyways yeah
0: yeah it's uh you know uh, there was one a reverend john zulsdorf uh who's... where he's where's he from I don't know, but he's a blogger. Oh, okay. uh, and he wrote that the church's law says that only men may be the recipients of this foot washing. So he's really on board with this Morlino guy, who who has set down guidelines that say that his priests must wash the feet of twelve men, uh-huh. or don't wash at all. <laughs> if you want to do the foot washing, you get it right, bitches. <laughs> Or better not to do it. Better not to do it than to wash a woman's feet. Better that there be 12
1: extra stinky feet in the world. Right. Yeah. And you know what? You know what? I bet these people pre-wash their feet. Oh, yeah. They don't come with nasty feet. They're not, like, pulling off their black
0: socks and picking out little bits of black lint. No, 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 no. (laughs) I I wonder if some of them, like, purposefully walk around in, like, the garden for a while barefoot just to fuck with them. Well, just a little bit of dirt isn't that big of a
1: deal. No, but like nasty feet, <laughs> that's a different thing. Yeah. Well, I bet. Does the Pope have like a? Is there like a pre-team that shows up? That's like, it's like selecting. Yeah. Maybe. Like, your foot. Oh. Yeah, that's photogenic. That's not. That's okay. Yeah. Mm. All right. Um. Oh, I'm gonna stick with the Vatican. Okay. Uh, this is actually an awesome story uh about the vatican um having to do with their um their collection in the uh, vatican apostolic library oh i'll bet that's extensive uh it's 1600 years old yeah as far as libraries go that's pretty good um and they've got a collection of precious manuscripts that is uh no wait it's not 16 the the they have 1,600-year-old manuscripts. Okay. The library is um, 600 years old.
0: Oh, okay. Well, pfft, that's totally not yeah. impressive anymore. Yeah. Sorry. I almost got that completely wrong. Uh, the it houses- it is, What's really weird is that it started with just a, a grouping of Garfield cartoon books. <laughs> it was all it had. Now it's and not. It's family circus. Now it's much better. <laughs> a little Iggy.
1: Ziggy. Oh, Ziggy. Yeah, sure. <laughs> some Ziggy. <laughs> Uh, and then then they built out from there. They built on from there. Oh, okay. Cool. Um now they have uh more than 82,000 manuscripts. Um oh. All right. Uh some dating back to the 2nd century. My facts are just completely wrong. <laughs> um but anyways, they um they are set well uh, up to this point, they it's taken a lot to gain access to this library. Yeah. It's you just don't fill out a little card and oh no. good to go. You, go. 2 weeks check out whatever you want. You, you got to have
0: Dan Le- Dan Brown level like <laughs> apocalyptic reasons yeah. to get into yeah, this yeah,
1: yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so um so it's been pretty hard. So what they what they're doing and this is the amazing part is they uh have brought together a team of um of IT folk uh-huh. and of archivists and they are digitizing the archives and they are going to make them all available online wow amazing that's actually great it's remarkable that's I mean, really cool and these these are all like you know
0: um you know stuff like that oh like beautiful illuminated texts yeah yeah, yeah the, that have you know the things that the have like gorgeous paintings. Their, and, one monk spent
1: his entire life, right, doing one of these. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 just crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. And so, this is um, we're I, when did they say it's coming out? I can't remember when they said it's coming out. But anyways, it's 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 absolutely remarkable. And so, um, are they going to be redacted? <laughs> i think they're gonna redact some of them <laughs> i don't think so um but um the project i mean it's not cheap this is gonna cost them a lot of money to do yeah, it is uh it's a four-year project um the cost of the first year is uh 25 million dollars wow uh, and they are currently seeking sponsors to okay. recoup the 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 money so it could be you know the vatican collection brought to you by toyota right you know right I mean, who knows how exactly they're going to
0: do that. I'm well, sure it'll be tasteful. Yeah, and I'm guessing it's not going to be Toyota. No? I'm guessing, you know, if it's going to be a car company, at least make it Italian. Fiat. <laughs> Brought to you by Fiat. Or European. Yeah, could sure. It could just be European. Sure. You're probably not going to get, like, BMW, though. No. <laughs> It'd be maybe not. Porsche, maybe. Maybe. maybe sure. Was, yeah. Sure, the French. The French. Be... Oh,
1: a little Renault.
0: Yeah, there you go.
1: Ooh. Pe- Peugeot. Peugeot. <laughs> yeah, I just thought that that was fascinating news, and I wanted to share it. Yeah, There's not a... really anything of consequence no, but about uh, it, but it's, it's great. I think it's will, a wonderful thing. What will be
0: interesting is that scholarship will now have a whole new like, shit ton of stuff to look uh-huh. into.
1: Well, apparently this is a trend in uh, sort of the great European libraries. They are yeah. not the first to do this. Um, the, um, where else has been doing this? Like the, uh, there's a big one in France and one, a couple in, in, in the UK. Well, the
0: U S library of Congress is doing it. Well, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Big yeah. stuff. That's good. Uh-huh. Information to the people. Absolutely. Like it. I like it. Um, I, I've got two fuffer stories that I'm just going to sort of spout out really quickly All because right. they're both furf and I just thought, you know, we'll just get it out there. Do it um so so the the freedom from religion foundation which we like mm. to call the Fuffer, mm-hmm. um is uh they filed a lawsuit so we've been hearing a lot about lawsuits against uh towns that are uh that that open their meetings with prayer etc yeah and there was the one back east well in the in the south it was in like south carolina right where uh where they filed a lawsuit it went to the did it go to the supreme court? It recent there was rec- no, there was a recent ruling that said hey, you have to you have to either have non christian like you have to open it up to everybody hmm. or not have it and they've been defying it and it's just been this big battle and whatever. Really? Yeah. Okay. So anyway, we reported on it. Anyway, um Pismo Beach, California. Uh they they uh they've been opening their their city uh council meetings. With a chaplain giving a prayer uh, every every meeting. Okay. So the Fuffer stepped in uh, along with a local uh, a person who sued, and uh, they settled, and the fuffer, and they just decided we're not going to have prayers anymore, and they dissolved the chaplainship. And that was the settlement. That was it. Fantastic. They just did it. So win Smart. for separation of church and state. Yeah it was just and, and well and the city agreed to pay to pay um legal no, fees no yeah attorney fees nominal damages and attorney fees fantastic. so that was about $47,000 ah, a bargain that they paid a bargain for the city yeah they got out they got out e- cheap and easy yeah just by just by obeying <laughs> the constitutional law fantastic they could have
1: avoided right it entirely it they'd probably just responded to
0: a letter. It does seem like that, that would be the, from some lawyers. <laughs> the easy way <laughs> initially, but it, you can't is... you can't just do that easily because then you get letters from you know your constituents going. Yeah,
1: but something that's asking you to. Oh, I don't know. Follow the Constitution. Yeah, yeah, that seems like something you just do right. So,
0: well, cool. Meanwhile, in their home state of Wisconsin, which is where the furf is is headquartered, um. There is a... So there are Christians who put up uh, signs in the Capitol Mm. about whatever holiday. So there are Easter signs up there now. Oh, okay. So the Fuffer filed uh, for a permit and received a permit to put up a sign. So they put up a sign, and it says, Nobody died for our quote-unquote sins. Jesus Christ is a myth. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, I don't love that sign. I don't love the sign either. I think it's dumb. But... It was vandalized. It was busted up. Yeah, predictably so. I, I imagine. Yeah. Uh, why
1: why <clears throat> not promote something rather than dragging something else down? Right. Uh, it, but, why, that's like we've talked about this. This is the whole thing with like b- putting up
0: atheist billboards. Right. Say what you're about. Don't say what. Don't. Di- don't. Don't say what you're against. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I. And that's not even what they're really about. No, and, I know, but I'm getting to what they are about okay. so here's the interesting thing. their sign got busted up a little bit, okay, I mean, it's just a like a little sort of poster board sized sign, okay on an easel mm. uh, um but then so so then they put up a little a little like a uh, standard sheet of paper with the following written on it: Why is this sign so mutilated? Somebody presumably. Uh, somebody, presumably somebody who disagreed with our message, tried to destroy our sign. Apparently, this person believes the Capitol is a public forum for Christianity only. If you don't think religious messages should be displayed on government property, join the club. We don't think they should be either. But as long as religious groups use the Capitol to proselytize, FUFF has a right to respond to their message. Religion is divisive. It belongs in churches, not the state Capitol. Keep religion out of the government.
1: Yes. That's your that's, message! That's what it should have said from the
0: beginning. You found your message. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, granted, it wouldn't have made as much news. So they're trying to get coverage. And whatever. But I mean I don't know. I don't know. I I'm not gonna criticize their methodology. A I think it's I first of all, the sign looks dumb.
1: Is it like handmade?
0: No, I mean it's 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 just again our problem with 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 ugly design. It's not. It's there's nothing particularly wrong with it. What it's, is that like
1: Cooper Standard or something?
0: Yeah, it's just got it's got this sort of cutesy font. It's a it's a in, puffy. Yeah, it's a puffy font. Puffy font on and it's purple text on a yellow background. It's awful. I don't know what you're doing, people. It's terrible. Anyway. It's just a it's it's just a, it has some design sense. It, it's a good it's a good way to piss people off, but yeah. not a good way to get your message across. Right. In my mind. Well, and it's a it's a great way to say we have no taste and we're tacky. Right. We we are tacky and we want you to be angry at us. <laughs> so <gasps> I Which think, is this,
1: that's not what you want, you want to say.
0: No, I, I, it seems like that's not really the message you want to get out. Yeah. But maybe it is. Maybe their whole message is we're tacky and we want you to be mad at us. <laughs> that should be their tagline.
1: <laughs>
0: and I, I love it, then. Yeah, anyway, go ahead. Yeah,
1: well. Um, all right, let's see what I have. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, my next story um comes back home oh yeah this whole thing's actually kind of going down in houston uh where a company by the name of spring is developing a dating website for members of the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints oh um and uh they have um to compete with
0: ldssingles.com
1: yeah apparently people really don't like that thing too much it's kind of gross Aww. according to LDS Single people. <laughs> the- LDSSingles.com dot com is gross. Uh anyways, uh they have um <clears throat> the name of the site is Mormon Watch and they are using the URL uh dateamormon dot com. <laughs> and uh, their website features is it's features a, a a very lovely picture of the uh Salt Lake City uh uh Temple. temple. Sure. And, uh, and it has, uh, a quote that says, uh, uh, from the book of Mormon, uh, seek and ye shall find, mm. uh, third Nephi fourteen seven. Yeah. uh, and, uh, they have, it's not fully launched. They, they just, it's sort of a placeholder site and has a comment section where you're able to go on and be like, Ooh, this would be nice. Have you thought about doing this? Uh-huh. And blah, blah, blah. Well, um, the, uh, corporation, uh, uh-huh. Uh, known as the Intellectual Reserve, Incorporated, which is the uh, which is owned by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. Oh, the Mormons. The Mormons. Uh, they're the ones who that's that little corporation owns all the copyrights for <laughs> the LDS Church. Sure, and they uh, have apparently uh, they're trying to have this site taken down due to copyright infringement they are what? claiming that the church of jesus christ of latter day saints owns the word mormon and that they own <laughs> all images of the salt lake city
0: temple <laughs> including the ones that i took mhm yes indeed uh they're
1: you know the the city of paris this is not unprecedented for an entity to own all pictures of something no technically the city of paris owns all pictures of the eiffel tower <laughs> okay so in, it's in weird pa- in, in, it, in clearly in france, france yes maybe. this is true uh but the the church of Jesus christ of latter-day saints is trying to do this as well and they are not playing nice apparently <laughs> uh they are going uh not they're not just dealing with the company they've been doing around about Efforts with the um, with the hosting company for the website. Oh wow! Um, demanding that they that the service provider uh, take the site down, <laughs> um, which is these are good Mormon kids putting this site together, right? Of course they are. Who love the church. Nobody else cares about it. Exactly. And so they are um, shocked at the church's aggressive legal stance. And, uh, and, uh, one of the, the, the head of the, the project, uh, Jonathan Eller, um, says, I love the church. I'm hoping we can come to a mutually beneficial arrangement. I don't want to do anything to harm the church.
0: Right. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's amazing. You know what this smells like to me? It may not be this, but it smells like one of the, one of the general authorities, is like grandpa to the guy that owns LDSsingles.com. Yeah. Well,
1: LDS. That's right. like something that they've been throwing. They, for years, didn't want to be called Mormons. They were like, we are LDS. They don't own LDS? How are they letting LDS singles do their thing? Right. How did they let the Book of Mormon, the, the musical, musical, happen on Broadway? Right. Right? I mean, satire has a well, special place. It does. But why weren't they sending cease and desist and trying their dang hardest to do
0: that? I'm guessing they did send at least one. C- I, or maybe they just knew they had no case and that there were millions of dollars behind it. And so they, they didn't want to get into a battle. They know that these kids don't have any money. They can't fight them.
1: Well, I don't know what the, the com- this company Spring is. I didn't look into it. So I don't know how much money is behind them or right. not. But um,
0: they... Yeah. Okay. Well, I just pulled up the site. And I'm looking at the comment section. Lovely, And Mm -hmm. the top comment is delightful. I'm just Uh going to read it to you. (laughs) Daphne Jorgensen Uh writes, Do you know what would be a good feature? If there was some way to red flag someone's profile to warn others. Things like just looking for booty call or still married or stuff like that. I've never been blatantly uh, propositioned so uh, so much as on LDS single site. And it really, really, really makes me mad and disappointed and grossed out. It would be good if we could warn other members of our and other members of our sex from people and save them the the grief. Like maybe a feedback option after you've met someone or something. Yeah, and then there's that's one so th- totally Mormon right there. Yeah. I love
1: it. And one of the re- the responders to that is actually from the company, I believe, because it's like I'm so happy to hear you say that. So, uh. So one of my most exciting features is what we are calling reputation. <laughs> <laughs> Consider it something like ratings on Amazon or eBay. We're building creative ways to prevent people with an axe to grind, but we are definitely excited about it being uh, about being able to see and report other members creepy factor.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the creepy factor. You know what? Here's what here's what we need. Here's here's where the market has a hole. That you and I could fill if we wanted to. Oh? Creepydating.com. <laughs> you show up there. It's pretty much. You go ahead and just be your creepy damn self, I'm, I'm- and we welcome it. it. Everyone that's there knows that it's creeps. It already exists. Go get your creep on. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully we can draw them away from the other sites I a little bit.
1: I think it's Craigslist. Craigslist, Craigslist is yeah. Creepydating.com. I'm pretty
0: sure that's what it is. Yeah. Anyway, there you go. That's hilarious. That's <laughs>
1: crazy. But th- but but what boggles the mind is that now they're all about the word Mormon to yeah. the point that they that they're trying to trademark it. Which how could they possibly? There's other or, there's other groups that think of themselves as Mormons. Yeah, they need to step into the fray. They should. They need to. They have a responsibility. Yeah, they except do. except they
0: don't have anywhere near the amount of money as the no. people downtown do. No, 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 no. They don't. But yeah, I mean if the uh if the F L D S Church and the, the the Church of Christ and all of the all of the LDS offshoots suddenly said, Oh, by the way, you don't own this. Yeah. Like, you we have just as much right to this as you do. Yeah. I think that'd be a that'd be a compelling In fact, case. The the people uh um the yeah church
1: of christ temple or not a oh temple lot not not they pro- they have probably better claim to anything mormon the the people the, the, the community, community of christ, christ have really they got good, a better claim they've got a solid claim there than anyone and so it's like yeah it's they're more legitimate but as they don't, far as the mormon but movement the thing is, is none of them wants folks. the word mormon
0: none of them they they no. know what that word's associated with and they're happy to yeah. let it stay with with the yeah. The but, ugh. Anyway. There you go. Um, I'm gonna s i am going to speaking of Mormons, uh, we might hear a little bit less about them in the world.
1: No. Because
0: the Salt Lake Tribune, our 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 only newspaper who, at least for the time being, in Salt in Utah, is not owned by the LDS Church. That's that's our only major paper. The only Salt Lake City paper. Salt Lake City paper, that's there, what I should yeah. be saying. The only so so there are two major papers in Salt Lake City, one of them is the Salt Lake Tribune, the other one is the Deseret News. Deseret News is owned by the Church explicitly, right? Um, so so the Salt Lake Tribune's sort of been the counterbalance a little bit,
1: yeah. They're still they're still historically it was they uh it was the counterbalance, right? Now
0: they're corporate owned and. Block and they they try not to ruffle too many feathers, yeah. but they still. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but they just as as is happening across the country, pay, newspapers are desperately trying to cut down their costs and blah 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 because they're failing. So uh, the Salt Lake Tribune, among other things, one of their one of their cost cutting measures is that they're dropping their faith section,
1: which is remarkable
0: to me. Yeah they uh they I mean it's actually been an interesting section they've brought a lot of interesting stuff to light in it right um, um, well, usually it's about Mormonism, not always, uh but they have a lot about the Mormon church obviously yeah. well i mean if you if you read the actual
1: printed newspaper um the Saturday edition is where the faith section shows up, mm. and uh it's It's yeah. Of course, they have Mormon news, but they always have like Catholic news and Jewish news, and uh, featuring the local communities, right? Right. Whatever the holiday is, they'll have photos from that. Right. They they have voices chiming in from the various faith traditions, and so it's like, so it's it's not. It is. There is good, actual journalistic reporting on the Mormon Church that happens there, but the faith section of any newspaper is always pretty touchy feely. Yeah, that's true. It's meant um, to inspire the reader on indeed. Saturdays.
0: Now, uh one of one of our favorite reporters, uh, from the Faith section, yeah. Peg- Peggy Fletcher Stack, um, who does some very good reporting. Mm-hmm. She uh she will remain she retains her job. So okay. she'll just be in the news section now and so. Right. Of- but covering sort of the religion beat, right. in the news section, yep. and she's okay. you know she's won national awards and so she's she's a good one, right? Okay, there you go. Though I mean, I just think it's interesting. Like that's, I guess, a faith section doesn't do much for me. So no, it doesn't. I'm pretty glad I'm, that I. I mean, that that seems I'm like find that it's going very appro- a very appropriate cut. But it does
1: well what it, what it says to me more than anything is it's just, it just makes me sad because it's actually. Not because it's the face section, but because it's yet another thing in the newspaper that is dying.
0: Yeah. And yeah. I'm
1: such a fan of good local journalism that the thought of this nation losing its local newspapers, which is what is happening, um, is terrifying.
0: Indeed. Well, you and I have had long discussions about this sort yes. of, about this concept. Indeed. Journalism, it's not, it's not great right now in, in the U.S. And we're not doing anything to help it. You and I do are not journalists, so there you go. Anywho, I just, I don't know. Just wanted to. I mean, maybe it's a maybe it's a sign of the times that uh, faith. I mean, it just points out, like, of the things that you can lose in a newspaper. Yeah, faith's the easy one to go. Yeah. Well, but what what they can
1: always just point to. They can point to the desert News and just be like, "This is being covered ad nauseum." at our competition. Right. And we just have a little section. So just let the Desert News just do it. I right. mean that, it from just a not that the Deseret News is actually like ever going to take a church the church to task or anything. No, but that's you still have somebody on the re, on the um, religion beat. Sure. You just don't have a dedicated section anymore. Right. Well, yep. That's
0: different. Yep. And I think that's appropriate. That's where the way it should be. Anyway, okay. uh if you guys agree or disagree with any of these points, you may uh feel free to to write to us at mm-hmm. podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or you can
1: uh, call and leave a voicemail at 424-666-8442.
0: Or you can uh, just go to the Facebook page, you know, throw some stuff up there and uh, read what Mackenzie posts and uh, have have some fun interactions with each other in and among yourselves.
3: Woohoo! So
0: So, uh, what are we going
1: to do? We got something to listen to? yeah we do we're gonna take a quick break uh this is glenn beck oh goody and uh you know he he's a funny one because uh the thing that i always forget about him is how much he feels like he talks directly to god (laughs) and so here's him talking about some
0: of that my longest running um unspoken prophecy if you
4: will um prompting is being fulfilled right
2: now,
1: and um, it is one that I haven't spoken and I still am not going to, um,
4: because um, it is the one most personally frightening to me, it's begun. And I even
1: argued with him a week ago saying, not possible, won't happen, not possible. And um, it's happening. And uh, I know it. It's going to get ugly. But now is the time.
0: The Malcolm X, Martin Luther King. um, Time is here. It's here. It's happening. Oh. It's so mysterious. Oh, my goodness. But it's happening. First of all, can I ask you a question? Am I crazy or did the Malcolm X, Martin Luther King thing happen in the 60s? (laughs) didn't that already happen i thought we already had that
1: (laughs) well apparently according (laughs) to glenn beck um it's it's
0: happening oh man and and it's such a shame too because both of those guys are dead Now, so how are we going to do it without those guys
1: well maybe he means
0: yeah is he saying is he saying that like i don't think it's black oppression is returning i don't (laughs) i don't think it's
1: yeah, what they stood for, anything like that, or what they were fighting for. No. That he's talking about there. No, I don't think so. Um, it's, uh, he's, he is, we've known it, but he is batshit crazy.
0: Well, yeah. Yeah. He is batshit crazy. But what's, what's amazing is how well this will play with his audience. What's amazing is how much, like, he said literally nothing in that quote. But he's the mad prophet of the airwaves. <laughs> he just said like he said I'm not going to tell you what's coming, but it's coming, and you should be very and because and of I, the tone of my voice, right, you should be horrified. And I've been talking to him. I've been and talk- he points up. He points you don't up. You not see it because yeah, he goes I've been talking to him <laughs> and arguing with him. I've Been arguing with him, and he's like, dude, I'm totally doing this. <laughs> Wrestling with him. <laughs> oh my God! The, the The delusions of grandeur are awesome. It's he, just beautiful. Yeah. I want. Well, I, he is a prophet. He just said it. He is a prophet. Yeah, prophet, Glenn Beck. Well, what's great is that Mormonism has a special, like, has like pr- is particularly primed for this. He's a Mormon. He's a converted Mormon. Yeah, he didn't grow up in the church. Uh, and. Mormonism sort of gives you this little out where Mormonism says you can have personal revelations from God and you can, I mean like, yeah, but Mormonism talks about that. I, well, I, in a way, what that,
1: is the church going to do with him? Because he's so high profile now, <laughs> but he's definitely speaking out in ways that I'm
0: oh. sure the guys downtown are concerned about. You know, it would not surprise me. It, It really wouldn't surprise me if he, got into a row with the church, and left and started his own thing. Oh, I could see him starting his own church. I could totally see him starting his own church. He's got the followers. The thing oh, is he needs Beck-ites. to— All the people that are pissed off at the LDS church because they're they're being so tolerant. But the problem is, is that he's got followers who aren't
1: Mormon. Right, I know. And so he's got to figure out the right time, the right moment. Can he get enough— of him being a prophet right. and him being a religious leader in into the thing that they're all following for, like, but casually for a while, <laughs> right, right? right. Can he then convert that into a religious movement? Well, that's, 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 and you know that's on his
0: mind. That's the brilliance of this clip. The brilliance of this clip is that he won't say what it is so that as soon as whatever, whatever like, thing happens in the news yeah. that he can, like, glom onto... That was it. That was it. That was it. You all heard me predict it. You (laughs) all heard me say that it was coming. That I was talking about this. And this is what it was.
1: And he talks real. he always talks so slow. And he always sounds like he's on the verge of crying.
0: (laughs) That's very Mormon of him. It is very, Yeah. I'm going to tell you something. And I'm really, I'm very upset about it. And uh, yeah. Anyway, let's get to some, some emails. He's a keeper. Oh yeah. I I have a feeling that when Pat,
1: um Robertson dies. He's our guy. He's he might have to I think Glimbeck might have matured into something we can go back to. Oh, I love that. regularly. I, I do that love point. that
0: guy. Not not unlike Pat Robertson, I would love to spend some hours on a porch with that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I would I, just and I wouldn't even say a word. I would just listen. Oh. And when he stopped talking, I would ask him a question to get him rolling again.
1: Here's the deal. I guarantee you, he's got excellent lemonade. Eliminated his house. Oh, yeah. And his wife probably makes really good scones. Sure. That's
0: that's Oh, I'm, I'm guessing some good stuff comes yeah, out of that kitchen. Yeah. I, I bet his you wife... would enjoy an afternoon yeah. at the Beck's house. This is what I'm saying, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is and gold. Maybe his
1: wife doesn't bake it, but they definitely get good stuff in. They get Even good stuff. Yeah. They they know they've got the right, a bakery. They've got go a kitchen
0: them. staff. They've got... Yeah. You know, they got a cook. They have a pastry they've chef got, on staff. They've got Lupe in the back making up some really good stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> uh, I'm going to get to some... Uh, some some emails. Yeah, all right. Corahor, um, uh, we, we we he's written in a couple times. He says, please 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 let Gay God be the impression you do whenever you need to speak about God. Speak as God anytime ever again in the podcast. He says Dan's gruff authoritative God voice is good but kind of conventional. Mm. I kind of agree with that. Yeah, Gay God's yeah. Gay God's pretty good. But he's only useful for some things. Well, he's really useful when we need new planets. Right. I am so gonna create some stuff right now. <laughs> oh my me. <laughs> anyway. Uh OMM. OMM. O-M-M. Or O your God. Oh your God. <laughs> oh, your God. You, <laughs> who's me? It's me. I'm I'm your God. Oh. For Uh anyway, AJ wrote in, he said, um, I have something I want you, I assume that's a he, AJ wrote in. Mm -hmm. I I have something I want you guys to comment on. I have a friend who's an ex-Mormon, now one of the, I'd consider myself more of an atheist than anything atheists. We were talking about religion, and she brought up her mom, who's still a Mormon. My friend said that her mom had a Mormon wedding, but that before the wedding, she and her husband would, brace yourself, have old ladies rub oil all over them, cover their delicates with leaves, and have them act out Adam and Eve uh she then she said that they would do this with all the other couples being married that day uh please let me know if there's any truth to this i need to get the image out of my mind but uh, where was this supposed to take place in i guess in the temple i no. i'm this is conflating a whole bunch of this, this is conflating and changing yeah m- like like morphing a bunch of actual things into something that sounds really really now granted neither of us were more were married in the mormon temple no but we know what goes on so but um my wife was yeah married, but maybe she, it's just married, too just shameful to else. tell this story <laughs> to tell
1: this story no it clearly is not something that happens <laughs> the, you, you can the get oil, that image the, out of your head
0: the oil thing there is what's called a washing and anointing that happens when you're first quote endowed in, yeah, yeah, yeah. in the temple yeah. and that's an old lady for women an old man for men uh, does like touch you in some special it, places. But it
1: does does not have to be an old
0: Right. It doesn't anyone. have to be old. It's a person
1: who works in the it's a man of whatever age. Right. Of your uh, gender. Of your gender. Someone of your gender. Right. And uh oh, oh, oh so a it? man for the men and a woman for the ladies. And uh and yes, but they and there's anointings. There's oh, right. washings and anointings mm-hmm. that happen. You're you are you're not clothed but you are covered you're you're naked underneath a poncho yes essentially and uh there is some oil involved and they dab it like on your forehead yeah. and they dab, so
0: They get your thigh they they, they
1: they hit your thigh they get your across your the top of your chest right right like and, and anyways it is invasive and it is definitely something that people do not like that is completely that moment is for your endowment is before your endowment. Right. It's leading up to your endowment. Then totally separate, there is the endowment session where there is the story of Adam and Eve. Right. That is a part of the endowment. That is
0: acted out but not by the people who but are not, doing it.
1: Exactly. They're just they they would be sitting in the audience. Right. It's usually a movie. You mo- all except two temples. It's a movie. Right. Uh and then um and then the actual sealing, the actual marriage ceremony uh, it takes place in an entirely separate room they kneel across the altar everybody's fully clothed right uh and there are not fig leaves being laid on your private areas there's an apron that is green yeah it looks like a kitchen apron really and sometimes it's... the ones that are a little bit more you know personalized because you can make your own of any right. of this stuff that they're using uh some of the old women will will embroider leaves fig leaves into it right right they'll they'll make it look like it's made up of a a mat a pile of fig leaves right but it's not like actual fig leaves that are being laid on to the person yeah you can aj
0: you can go on to youtube and see the whole ceremony not not a wedding but you can see the whole like temple ceremony happen so you don't i i mean creepy shit happens but it's not uh, you don't there's no need to blow it out of proportion because it's weird enough as it is yeah but you
1: don't have to have this weird image in your head because when i heard right. what you just described i had an image it's probably what you're thinking and that doesn't happen
0: yeah this is we're, we're not in like some uh you know eyes wide shut kind of weird ass naked sex thing scenario anyway no 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 no, no, no. yeah no <clears throat> a- aiden wrote in do you remember aiden aiden was a. a uh, I, uh he, he had He's written in before. Anyway, okay. uh, he said uh, he was talking to one of his Mormon friends uh, who, he says, uh, I have played very violent games with in the past. I assume that means video games. I hope that means video games. <laughs> um, he was over at my house and, and was trying to find a fun film to watch. Based on my previous experience with my friend, I suggested Friday the 13th Part 3 and asked if his parents would be okay with it. And when he said, my parents are fine with violence, but I can't see nudity. Oh, uh, wow. he, yeah, he said, my, yeah, he said, my parents are fine with violence, but I can't see nudity. And I found that really weird how we as a culture are somewhat offended about seeing our fellow human beings pretend to be shot, mangled, butchered, mutilated, and killed. And we let kids see films, see the films, uh, with parent permission, but we get all riled up about seeing sex on the big screen. Uh, uh, our, yeah, it seems like our yeah. priorities aren't exactly straight. And I would agree with that. I agree a hundred percent. Like yeah. I, I went to the movie Watchmen. Do you remember the movie Watchmen that came out a little while ago? I didn't
1: go see it, but I remember that it happened.
0: I enjoyed it, uh, but the one thing that I remember from going to see it was that there was a family there yeah. sitting uh, just one row ahead of us and off to the side. And there were
1: dinglings in the movie, right? There were
0: dinglings and there was one sort of, there was one uh, somewhat steamy sex scene. Was there really? Sort of, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, yeah. and, uh, and of course, but there was also horrific violence, like acts in the head, Ew. horrific yeah, violence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it was the sex scene that the mom covered her kid's eyes. Right. And I just thought, you know what? That is perverted because at very least the sex scene was loving. Yeah. The sex scene was an expression of two people really, and it was actually quite beautiful. There was this, huh. it was a beautiful, loving scene. It, mm. it wasn't illicit. It was two people who clearly... We're falling in love, having sex, right? And I just thought, well, okay, you're an asshole. Like parents, seriously. Yeah, sex is good. Be sex positive with your kids. You don't have to let them watch sex, right? But be at least like your priority should be violence is bad, and sex is it can be a beautiful thing. Yeah,
1: well, definitely things you protect your kids from. Uh, violence should be like way high up on the list. Yeah, absolutely. So, and images of sex, yeah, really not.
0: So good job, That's Aiden. All right, I, cool. I, 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 that kid's got his his priorities together. Um, hello, Frank and Dan. I just finished. This is Mike writing in. I just finished episode one twenty six and was amazed. I thought all I I thought I was the only one who had recurring nightmares about the assemblies of God. Oh my god! I went to one until around thirteen or fourteen years old, so that didn't really scar me too much. What did scar me was going to school at my church. I went there from second grade to eighth grade. So literally six days a week, I was at my church. Wow, uh, it's cute that uh, he uh, he abbreviates his uh, the church where he went was First Assembly of God. He abbreviates that as Fag. I think that's mm, cute. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, he's yeah, he had dreams starting in his early twenties, and there he uh, you know it's it's a ghosty dream where people come out of the walls and it's really spooky stuff. So, but he okay. just thought. She said, "I'm glad I'm not alone in this, but what the fuck is there? Something that is 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 this something that's common amongst us former AOGers? Apparently, apparently, I, I that's a, uh, we may we may have hit uh, hit upon something. Yeah, if there are other people who are because we got another thing, uh, did we get a voicemail about Assemblies God? anyway? Let it, let us know. Well, maybe we'll compile something. We should have a scary dreams by Assemblies of God <laughs> web, website or something." <laughs> Tell your scary story. Yeah, um, Holly wrote in to say that she uh, she was listening to the show where we talked about the Flying Spaghetti Monster, uh, ramen. She says, uh, "Be becoming official religion in Poland." And we said we wondered if there was an official book for the religion. She says there is. It's called the Gospel of the Flying Spaghetti Monster. Uh, she says she started reading it and thinks it's so far, so far pretty hilarious. Oh, cool. I still think it should be a cookbook, personally. <laughs> it should probably be a cookbook. <laughs> um, uh, Hi, guys, says Christine. I'm listening to your discussion of, of Ali. This is... What's her name? Of... Uh, oh, um, this is the Brandeis University. Of Ion hersi Ali. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, the woman who, who was... who Denied. She, Not denied. <coughs> she was reneged off- upon. Right, she was offered... Her, yeah. she, they asked her to come and speak at Brandeis University, and then cordially disinvited her. Mm-hmm. Um, she says, and while I agree that modern Islam deserves scrutiny and criticism, I have to point out that Ali has explicitly advocated conversation conversion of more of Muslims to Christianity. This strikes me as patronizing yeah. disingenuous and just plain dumb. Uh, her position seems to be, uh, seems to be that Christianity embraces enlightenment values and would be feasible, a feasible alternative for those poor credulous Muslims who aren't smart enough to embrace atheism. Um, now so so sh- 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 well,
1: yeah, yeah, there's all these problems there, because I wouldn't say that Christianity does necessarily embrace <laughs> enlightenment values right uh it's just the Western world, which is largely Christian historically right embraces enlightenment values and
0: and more so. you know you get your 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 Anglican communion that's a little that, that's a lot more sort of sure I'm not liberal. saying that there
1: aren't denominations of christianity that have sure. you know that are yeah. beneficiaries of the enlightenment she's just yeah. saying christianity so, as a whole
0: so, i mean i think i think the the point is that the, there seems to be this thing of like don't why why are we talking about a person uh who uh who is so controversial in her in her well, views or or something but i yeah, mean she all, is controversial all we were talking about was just was was the fact that Brande? It's more about Brandeis than anything about yeah. the fact that they caved into these pressures, as opposed to being a, a university the, where they knew who she was when they offered to have her, or
1: when when they asked her to come speak and offered her an honorary degree. Yeah, they, they and if and if they did not know who she was and the things that she had said in the past, then well, then that's real shit on a university, right? Yeah, right, a, a research um, university. It, that's, yes. That's meant
0: to know what they're doing. Uh,
1: and so, um, but anyways, um, the point isn't that, that we are grand lovers of, of, of this woman. No. So, Just, but thank you for bringing up that point And who she is. And who she is. Um, she is a very controversial figure. She, I, I mean, bringing her up, I knew that people would potentially point email us and point out some things about her she's she's a radical conservative yeah you know and a lot of what she has to say is i don't find terribly tasteful um but nonetheless i think she has the right to say it yeah and uh you know i'm no fan of islam yeah no me neither but i'm no fan of christianity either nope and i'm no fan of any of them right so
0: Um, why don't we get to some voicemails?
1: Sure. In fact, uh, there's one that kind of um, ties into this. Dovetails a little bit? Dovetails slightly. Um, Let's see. Uh, Yes, here, I'll play this one first.
2: Hi, Dan and Frank. This is Alex in San Jose. Uh, I love the show, and I like the fact that your number starts at 666. Uh, So last episode, you had mentioned Sam Harris's book, The End of Faith, when you were talking about Islamophobia. So given that you two seem like such big fans of him and I'm a big fan of y'all and it's in my Kindle backlog, I figured I'd check it out and see why you're so obsessed with Mr. Harris. So I'm about 10% into it and i wanted to know if you said if you knew that he had said the following i think this is on like page 27 or something like that i'm not very far in but he says some propositions are so dangerous that it may even be ethical to kill people for believing them to be fair i'll provide some context so before that he was talking about unavoidable link between belief and action and then after the statement. He attempts to justify it with certain beliefs, place their adherence beyond the reach of every peaceful means of persuasion while inspiring them to commit acts of extraordinary violence against others. And he uses their invasion of Afghanistan to go after the Taliban as an example of this principle correctly applied. But to me, it's axiomatic because this is just unethical and frankly hypocritical. So, I mean, who gets to determine what beliefs are worth killing over? And how is that any better than being in the Taliban and what the Taliban does? And this example doesn't hold any water because we only went to war after they attacked us to give us a reason. So I want to know what you guys think about that. Were you aware that he held this view? Do you agree with him? And should a guy who holds a view like this be one of the poster boys of the atheist community? Thanks.
0: Well, thanks for uh, yeah. calling in. That, yeah. I, I, you bring up some interesting points. Uh, first of all, I don't think either Frank nor I have have declared fanboyness. Or obsession. Or obsession. <laughs> with Sam Harris. With Mr. Harris. I, I've read a few of his books, yes. I, and I find much of what he has to say and, fascinating. And, and I've read the book that he's, you know, that Alex is currently reading. Right.
1: And um, and so, you know, the points that, he's, that, that Alex is bringing up, this is actually pretty standard um like criticism that's been pulled out of um um the and what is it the end of faith is that the one uh-huh. uh an, an end to an faith an end to faith yeah and uh and so but
3: the thing that's, is that Har- that's kind
1: of almost beside the point that I think we want to make which right. is that you know we yeah Harris says some really great things and he says some things that are controversial too and you can decide what you want to think about those controversial things but i will say this um as far as that one that one little bit that you're talking about right there um i would be very careful to you know y- y- with your reading of it and make sure that you're reading it in the context of what he's really talking about. right
0: because what he was saying was exactly what you were saying which is that I, you know these guys w- in afghanistan were like bombing people and attacking people and once they start attacking people and you can't get to them through reasoning and through any kind of there's no diplomatic elements their belief puts them in the position of like we need to stop them from killing people and and to also be clear harris is not saying anybody who
1: believes something scary or weird like your next door neighbor who might that's not what he's advocating, is just killing people for their beliefs. Right.
0: No, 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 no. He's no. not. But anyways, but I, I, I what, really he, don't want to get mired down into like what Sam Harris is, no. is even... No. I mean, yeah, Sam Harris is widely criticized for his view on Islam, yeah. and uh, and I encourage you guys all to read the books and decide what you yeah. think about Harris. We're not... The thing is, I can... I I encourage you to read Harris. I like reading Harris. I I enjoy reading. I Harris I don't agree as well. with him all the time, right. and and I I think there's this danger in in the world of people. I I see a lot of people finding a hero, mm-hmm. and then just accepting whatever it is that they put out there. Right. Yeah. I say you know he if if Harris is a hero, which I think I'm going to go ahead and say, I really like the way that he he challenges himself mm-hmm. i like the way that he's going to say his truth and and not care if it and knowing full well that it's going to be controversial i like that about him i like that about him yeah. so if i disagree with him at least i can respect the fact that he has the integrity to say something even when he knows it's going to piss yeah. people off yep and you know and this goes back to ion
1: you know hersey ali which is she is a crusader for something really 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 important which is the end of female genital mutilation right at the hand of you know the the muslims in 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 you know yeah if you're going to have in the the area of somalia that she that she's from so
0: you know pete bogosian recently on his facebook uh, on his twitter he posted a thing um a quote that i then reposted on my facebook uh page because i don't really twitter um, but basically what he he said, quote, if defending one's beliefs becomes more important than revising them, one will necessarily become insincere and inauthentic. Mm. And uh-huh. I think that's the key here. The thing is, you shouldn't not read someone because they disagree with you. Right. You cannot read them if they're just, you know, if you don't want to spend your time, you know, wait, like, it's fine if you don't want to read Glenn Ben's, Glenn Beck's book because he's... A lunatic, and and you know you know but enough, it, of, but it could be a wild ride. But don't not read it. And the <laughs> other thing is, don't read it. Just go. Just dismissing everything he has to say. Right. Listen to what he has to say. Process what he has to say. Uh-huh. Decide what you know. Then decide that he's a lunatic. I think it feels scary sometimes, though, for a lot of people. And I
1: because I've seen for it myself. You know, of like, you know, it. You're very comfortable in 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 your worldview, mm-hmm. right? And then you come across something where somebody who's so, you know, you know, is crazy, like a glim Yeah. But you read this, this chapter uh, that that makes sense. Yeah. And you're just like, well, what the, f- what the fuck is going on? And it's, it feels weird. And it's like, well, what else is he right about? Right. Exactly. Am I completely crazy? Is the rest of what he says also right? That's not what you have. That's not the logical leap. No. It's that he happens to, you know. And have well, some idea about the role of government in our society that
0: you happen to agree with. Well, and I'll tell you what, what also happens for me is that I listen to someone's argument and it sounds really good and it sounds really strong and mm-hmm. it's challenging something in that I believe, right? So then I go out and I look for counter arguments right. to that argument, right? Because a lot of times an, a cleverly framed argument can be pretty compelling without actually being true, right? So then you keep looking and you and literally. But every single time, you should be open to revising your own beliefs. Right. If if the better argument has won, until you hear, and then re- revise that later if yeah. something else comes up. Anyway, let's hear, let's hear somebody else. All right. Uh, our next uh,
1: voicemail comes from uh, uh, from from a f- uh, 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 sparkle darkle. Okay. It comes from Sparkle Darkle.
3: <laughs> hey, Frank and Dan, Dan and Frank. It's Hargle Bargle Pony over here. I'm uh, just listening to you guys talking about the uh, patriarchal uh, invocation thing, that paperwork that you get to. You stopped on – God, it, it, it's painful. You stopped on you're a good person and and – You're starting to laugh, and all I could think of was, this sounds like it should have come out of a Chinese fortune cookie, and I'm waiting for you to finish it off with, and your special numbers are. I just thought that one was funny. And, no, I don't think that you guys have been picking on me at all. Don't worry about it. As a matter of fact, um, you may end up getting a phone call or may have already gotten a phone call from somebody that uh, met me, thanks to you. Talk to you about that, guys, later.
2: Ciao.
0: Thanks, Sparkle Darkle.
1: Uh, well, or or, or, or hor, hor, Harble Garble? Argo Bargo Pony. What if it's Argo bargle, bargle Pony? No, that's
0: not what he said, but that's funny anyway. <laughs> uh, wow, people meeting out because, in the world. Wow, it's, it's crazy town. Anyway, uh, uh, yeah, it, that's what it is. You get you get your Mormon fortune cookie yeah. and you get your, your Patreon. I, I wish it had lucky numbers for me. <laughs> right? That would have been more useful than, you know anything that wasn't <laughs> there it would be so funny if the old guys get, he's finishing up his prayer over your head and he's you know saying all the things and then he just without saying anything just says 11, 16 5, 22 3 Powerball 18. <laughs> in the name of Jesus Christ amen <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that would be amazing okay well Uh, (laughs) and then what would be really amazing if somebody won on those numbers it would be it would prove mormonism is true um yes it would
1: we (laughs) have some other callers yes we have one more from greg
3: hey guys i'm greg jones i just want to say i think you two are absolutely flipping fantastic i enjoy listening to your podcast every week I'm doing some back episodes right now, and from the first episode to where you guys are at now, you have evolved as such a dynamic duo that I'm hard-pressed to find any others like you in the universe. Um, I really just wanted to talk to you about agnosticism and how you both became atheists and the general issue people have with God versus religion. I am an agnostic personally. I more don't like the idea of religion. God I don't have a problem with. It's so much the fact that religion makes people do the kooky shit that they do, and it makes them subscribe to the false beliefs of said God. But what if God didn't really have anything to do with anything that makes people, you know, act the way they are, and man just created religion for the sheep to follow. I don't know if you guys have any input on that, but, uh, yeah, I appreciate all you guys are doing. I hope you have a great, great, great rest of the time doing the podcast. Well,
1: <laughs> Thanks, Greg. Thanks, Greg. Um, yeah, um, I wouldn't have any problem, I guess, with people just having a some kind of innocent belief in God, but
0: it, it just seems like it's such a, here's the thing my own, my my problem with the belief in god is why bother well right. there's there's no
1: evidence for it be, be, yeah because if what you just spelled out were you know is the case right right that there's this god and then everybody created religion to try to understand god but this god has never intervened whatever how can you have a belief in something like that right and what's how, the like, point of it what's because yeah exactly what is the point how you, I can the, come the belief up, has no end. It has no, like, what is it based on? Right. That's how how the do you question. know what form that God takes? How do you know, like, if that warm feeling that you had was God or just your, you know, your chemical psyche. balance in your body at the moment being, oh, you're feeling good? You're right. Good. There you well, go. and the other you're thing feel, is, here's I, some serotonin. Can,
0: I can propose to you any number of of nice ideas. Yeah. A, th- a million nice ideas that either uh, that, that you know encapsulate creation or that encapsulate just any anything and until there's a reason to believe in it, why bother right? why bother believing in something until you have a reason to believe
1: in it well and this this that whole thing of, I, and we haven't talked about it in a long time but it's 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 the whole idea of what is agnosticism mm. right and it's and uh you 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 really started the whole podcast with trying to define your views on atheism versus agnosticism i'm talking about episode one two three somewhere in there right um and you know like ultimately i don't claim to know as an atheist i don't claim to know that there's no god correct that's not what i'm doing right so in a sense if that's being agnostic indeed i i maintain but it, it, I, but there is no God in my life, and I, ha- I have no evidence to believe in a God, so I'm atheist.
0: Right, exactly. At so the same time. I maintain that every honest human being on the planet, with the possible exception of, like, a Joseph Smith or a, you know, anyone who claims to have personally met God or Jesus, maybe a Glenn Beck. Sure. Uh, but with the, with the exception of anyone who's actually claimed to have met God or Jesus, there is no no person on the planet who isn't if they're honest and agnostic. Right. Because all agnosticism asks is, can we know if there's a God or not? Right. And I think that we all, if we're honest, have to say, no, we can't know. We can't know. We can have degrees of certainty or degrees of, 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 you know, like I can't know that, you know, there's not a 5,000 ton monster living under the sea, but I have you know, good evidence to sort of point me in the direction of an answer. So I'm, right. while, I, while I will remain agnostic as to whether or not that creature exists, I will opt not to believe in it until I have reason to believe in right. it. Right, exactly. And that's, what, that's, that's where we stand. So atheism yeah. is just you don't have the belief in a god. It's not affirming for sure that there's no god.
1: No. That's- there are those atheists, though, who go about—and that's given atheists as a whole— a little bit of a bad name right there are because there are
0: people who are absolutely positively positive that there's no god but it's preposterous right you can't prove
1: a negative but but for me what's important in my life as an atheist is that god or any god idea of god or gods um is completely irrelevant to my life yeah there i uh, there there's no evidence for it right and there's nothing that has ever happened in my life, anything supernatural, mm. right? That would, would that could convince me that 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 there's some kind of force that's guiding my life, right? Right, because I mean, you know, yeah,
0: well, I yeah, so and so atheist. So I mean, go ahead and believe in a god if you want. I just don't see the point, and I don't see any, especially the kind of god that um, that you just described, right? Greg. Right, a non-intervening god. What the hell does it matter then? What's the point? What's the point of that belief? It, believe, believe in what you can, what, what you, what you have evidence for. Yeah, especially if you're already agnostic. Yeah, just join, just join the universe already in progress. <laughs> we we now return you to the... last we saw the universe. We, we now return you to reality already in progress, Captain Janeway and <laughs> crew. Oh no. <laughs> anyway. Uh, but thanks for, uh, thanks for all of your, your missives, mm. those of you who wrote and mm. called, um, we now, uh, will we, we're, we're, throwing it to the convention. Yeah. We, we will now, uh, cede our time to Frank and Dan at the convention, at the atheist convention. Well, thanks Frank and Dan. Oh, that, <laughs> wow. Magic of, uh, the internet. I, guess. I know it's, it's amazing. So <laughs> guess who we're here with Frank? Uh, I don't know, Dan. Who? Yes, you do. You know who, exactly who. We're here with Seth Andrews. We
4: are. Hi, Seth. It's hey, so good to be sitting down in front of the mic with you guys. How's it I going? Awesome. <laughs> Thanks for, for,
0: for joining us. Yeah, you bet. I, this is amazing because we were trying to get you on a show before, and it would have been over the phone, and it wouldn't have been as fun, but now we're right face-to-face. You know, These conventions are freaking
4: amazing. You know, it's, We're recording this, obviously, at the American Atheist National Convention. Yes, we are. And as we walk down any hallway, you look up <laughs> and you see potentially see someone who changed your life, uh, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, look, hey, there's, oh, Dillahunty, I love, I love <laughs> Matt's, you know, Matt's a buddy, but he's an example, you know. Sure. Uh-huh. Uh, I, Mr. Deity, you know, I'm not uh-huh. saying change my life, but I, you know their work, you're familiar, you have an affinity, uh-huh. you, uh, and you look for the opportunity to one day meet them and say, hey, man, I love your stuff. <laughs> right. So I'm hanging out in the lobby. It's Brian Dalton, Mr. Deity, I love your stuff, man. <laughs> uh, you know, Jacqueline Glenn shows up, hey, Jacqueline, love your stuff, want to uh-huh. have you on the show sometime. Uh, a lot of this type of stuff going on, and everybody's smiling year to year. Now I don't know what the religious think happens at a convention, but what norm? <laughs> what really does happen? They probably think we all sit here and we're dour, sad, pathetic, you know, lifeless people. Angry. Um, mostly own. it's laughter and <laughs> smiles and you know a lot of
0: hugs, yeah, and it's a yeah. party, man. It's yeah. just a, right.
4: it's a pleasure to be here. So.
0: And it's nice to meet you. Thank you very you're, much. Yeah, see, you're one of those guys for, for so many people. You know that. you
4: got to set that bar a little higher, gentlemen. You oh, come I'm on now.
0: Come on now. <laughs>
4: well, you know, it's I, I it's funny. Being the host of a popular radio show and, and having the videos seen by a lot of people out there, and, mm-hmm. and I see my role kind of as an encourager to other people and i used to apologize more for not being victor stinger or stephen pinker or mm-hmm. richard dawkins right because mm-hmm. i'm not jeez i'm just some i'm the idiot who took 30 years to figure out that donkeys couldn't talk right you know i'm <laughs> <laughs> but you know people i think admire stephen pinker and richard dawkins they relate to me
0: right right mm-hmm. i'm
4: the dude that you have a beer with i'm the dude who's crawling his way through through a life trying to find out what the answers are well, who's I'm dealing with highly religious family and culture who's <laughs> i'm just navigating my life like anybody else, and it's a journey that people can kind of take with me and we uh-huh. relate to each other right and I've stopped apologizing for that or at least I don't do it nearly as much as I used to sure and, and it's exciting to meet people who are benefited who find benefit in the work and in the shows
0: absolutely so. well i mean we're we're just a couple of jackasses ourselves. So yeah. I mean I, I totally Romano. Yeah. I totally feel you get guys. where you're coming from on that point. <laughs> and now you used to be you used to be a Christian podcaster. Or, yeah, or, I was a broad, broad, broadcaster, broadcaster is yeah. what I meant.
2: Yeah.
4: Yeah, the podcast didn't exist when I was on the radio. Um <laughs> Uh, But yeah, I I started in 1990 at KXOJ Radio, which was contemporary Christian, and I sort of rode the wave of popularity. Christian music used to be—look, Christian music (laughs) has always been or was always a pale imitation of what pop radio was doing. In fact, I have a speech I'm doing uh, this weekend and around the country called The Copycats, which shows how— religion finds what's cool out there on the radio or in pop culture, and it goes, hey, let's do a Jesus version of this. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. totally. And uh, so, you know, Christian music was trying desperately to be legitimate. And we had the Imperials and Amy Grant and Michael Namius <laughs> I mean, Math. And, all, and, went on, and I was all in. I, was, I listened to that stuff almost exclusively. And in the 90s, it became the fastest-growing radio format in the country by far. And all the big wig record companies thought, hey, this is a great business opportunity. And so these boutique record labels like Murr and Word and and Sparrow music got bought up by Columbia and Epic Records, and because <laughs> and, uh, duh, they know a business opportunity, right, and yeah. all of a sudden the artists get more polished and prettier, and uh-huh. <laughs> everything sounds a little <laughs> better. Wait a minute, it <laughs> sounds like you're almost cynical about this whole well, thing. Well, I am. I, I,
0: <laughs> <laughs> dude, Jesus is profitable, right? Reli- yeah. the Jesus business is profitable. It mm-hmm. is. Well, yeah, you got five major Hollywood films coming out this year that have that, that have Jesus <sighs> really
4: things. Really Tell me yeah. the producers of these films have a real conviction about having sold, say, for Jesus Christ. Well, or are they thinking not. that they live in a population, in a, in a country... Where seventy percent plus of its citizens profess some measure mm-hmm. of Christianity. Right. Hey, what an amazing built-in audience we have! <laughs> right, and of course that film to date has to, what fifty some million dollars.
0: <sighs> it's insane. Who could blame them for yeah. capitalizing on that? Yeah. I I don't blame them for we, it.
4: Look, we are sheep. You know, <laughs> yeah. Mel Gibson releases The Passion of the Christ years ago. This is before he went off the reservation and wow you know this is before his cheese really (laughs) slid off its cracker but uh back when the passion came out the church was like whoa awesome and i'm thinking mel gibson's laughing all the way to the bank Uh 600 million in grosses Uh the most most profitable uh, rated r film in history you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) duh yeah he yeah his main concern was saving souls yeah right yeah yeah exactly yeah look i was born at night but i wasn't born last night you know what i'm saying
0: (laughs) Uh, uh, you know, you and Frank have something in common. You're, you're out of Oklahoma, aren't you?
4: Mm-hmm, yeah, born in Tulsa.
0: Frank. Tulsa. My, yeah, my parents live in uh, well, Fort
4: Gibson outside of Missouri. Yeah, Miss we're not too far from each other. I'm yeah. um, 20 minutes from Oral Roberts University. Yep, yep. 20 minutes from those Rayma praying Bible training. Don't
0: they just make you feel good in your heart? God, those giant praying hands. I feel hands. the
4: same way about those praying hands. <laughs> By the way, for those who are wondering what we're talking about, there are giant praying hand sculpture in front of Oral Roberts yeah. University. And uh, they're obscene. I mean, look at them. I feel the same way (laughs) about They're they're holding the dollars, right? As I I feel about those giant 200-foot crosses that people construct on highways, right? I mean, somewhere, somebody thought, this is a great evangelism tool. But even when I was a believer, I'd drive by this stuff and go, (laughs) Why are we not using that money to feed hungry children? Right, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Oh, What this county needs is not to feed the poor or to clothe <laughs> those who need clothing or to help the no. sick. Let's put up a 199-foot illuminated cross off of I-10 in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Yeah. That's
0: brilliant. Right, a place, a place where you know, 80% or 90% of the people are already Christian anyway. <laughs> That's, what you need is that big, you know, Jesus' murder weapon. Just display it as uh, prominently as you possibly can. Yeah, and it's inescapable. (laughs) You can't. It's
4: it's, what an eyesore. Come (laughs) on. I feel the same way about almost every aspect of the Catholic Church. Every time the Catholic Church and people are talking about Pope Francis and how how awesome he is. He's so different. He's such a different pope. And I'm like, look, fine. Uh, He said a few things that I'll give him props. I'm glad he said them. Mm -hmm. Great. You're also ahead of a $170 billion business with a history Mm -hmm. of financial corruption and cover-up. And sexual uh, crimes And all this I can't excuse all that And every time Pope Francis Talks about the poor I'm like This dude lives like Freaking Mick Jagger On crack
0: Now I'm going to Stop you right there Because he lives Like Keith Richards Mick Jagger <laughs> was the Pope's before him. He lives in the in the offshoot he doesn't take he didn't take up the papal residence. Yeah. He's in the guest house. Yeah.
4: His whole life is gilded <laughs> in gold. And he's telling us about the poor. Yeah. I just
0: don't get it. Well, you know, you know. So, that's how it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh we wish you all the best in your crusades. You're out of, you're, you're 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 in the middle of a there's a touring thing that's happening right
4: there. Well you, there, there, you know, I do a lot of speaking in public because, Mm -hmm. number one, I because if
0: you speak at home, then nobody hears you.
4: Desperate to get out of my studio (laughs) in the house, I'm in one guy with in a room with a microphone, and I want to I want to connect with people eye to eye, face to face, voice to voice. And so what what I'll do is many times I'll take tours, out uh, presentations like I'm doing this weekend at the American Atheist Convention, and go out and give like a formal presentation with lots of eye candy. And then we just we just hang, right. and these things have become hugely successful. I did thirty some dates last year. I've done twenty something already this year, mm-hmm. or I'm doing this spring anyway. I'm not we're not done yet. And then part of that tour is is just me, and I'll go out and we just did San Diego and Riverside, and I did four cities in Arizona, North Carolina is coming up. It's crazy, but there are three cities where my buddies Aaron Raw and Matt Dillahunty, and I are doing like a trifecta of of uh, of heathen of heathen goodness, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it, we're calling it sort of the tongue-in-cheek title is The Unholy Trinity. Right. And each one of us goes and does a short presentation, and then we f- we finish the day with another hour on stage just hanging out and interacting with people. Hmm. God, we did Amarello a few weeks back. It was a ball. Yeah. Wow. It was so much fun. And honestly... You have any? I was last on the speaking roster. You have any idea what it's like to go up after R and Rod and Dillahunty? <laughs> no, thank you. Let's draw straws again, guys, please. <laughs> but we uh, we're up again May third in Albuquerque, and then June twenty eighth in San Antonio, Texas. And all the event uh, details are at the events column. You can just go to thethinkingatheist.com. dot and I will hopefully have those speeches up and uh, video from the presentations up on YouTube by the summer. We're trying to document them for those who can't make it. And mostly, again, they're just a way to encourage people. Dude, it's all right. You know, you don't have to be emotionally blackmailed by family and culture to live somebody else's way. Mm. Uh, You don't have to hold on to the to the beliefs of superstitious primitives. You don't have to have people tell you that you're broken and all these other things Mm. just because they don't understand where the burden of proof lies. Right. Right. And, you know, I just want to encourage people, even people listening to this show. You know, you may have a mother and father who are like mine who are punishing themselves because they failed as a parent, because you aren't a true believer. You mm-hmm. fell out of the faith, blah, blah, blah. Or they may be treating you with condescension, like uh, you're all screwed up. Mm-hmm. And even if it's not spoken about when you go to Thanksgiving dinner, you know you can right. feel it in the room. Right. Uh, you may have lost friends, Facebook friends, or real friends. Who knows? And the truth is, is you have every right to live your own freaking life. Yep. And I don't think anyone should be ostracized or vilified for seeking truth. We just want to live truthfully. None Mm -hmm. of us walked up one day and said, I'm going to prove atheism. Right. (laughs) Right. We looked at the facts and we said, I no longer believe in a deity because there's no evidence to support it. And because I want to live a moral, truthful life, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to profess a belief and I'm not going to hold to a belief. I'm going to be honest about it. And I think if a God did exist, he would never condemn that kind of living anyway. You know what I'm
0: saying? Mm -hmm. I I, I mean, obviously obviously we agree.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I didn't mean to go off on that tangent. Look, it's just something that's
4: just really been on, if I can use a spiritual term, it's been on my heart and in my spirit lately. And I just wanted to sort of encourage everybody. You know, it's, man, and this is an exciting time to be alive. It sure is. With the era of the Hubble telescope, you know, the the unlocking of the human genome, of seeing science begin to really give us... uh, You know, religion gave us nothing new for thousands of years. Science gives us something new about every five minutes. Right, exactly. Yeah,
0: Yeah, you know, there's that, I don't know who said it, but they but the, the, the theory that the God of the gaps is getting small, like he's got yeah. fewer and fewer <laughs> gaps to live in. you go out, you go out and find your gaps there, God, because yeah. uh, we're going to take away as many as we can. You
4: know what? You hold on to the writings of people who thought all the species of the world's animals lived within walking distance of Noah's house. Knock yourself out. Yeah, have fun we're going to go over here with Neil deGrasse Tyson, and we're yeah. going to celebrate what science discovers every freaking day, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. it's going to be awesome.
0: Absolutely. So. All right, Seth Andrews, thank you so much for coming on our show, it's and uh, and we'll, uh, we look Forward to seeing you at other conventions and around the uh the
4: universe. Alright. Well, all success with the show, guys, and well, thanks thank for allowing me to be a part of it. All yeah. right.
1: Thank you. Take care.
4: Wasn't that a nice interview?
1: Well, uh, in our incredible ability of putting together, you know, a, a decent uh, you know podcast every week, uh we uh we forgot to record an outro. So I'm just doing this on my own in my basement. And uh, yeah, so if they, if you'd like to comment on anything that you've heard on the podcast today, please feel free to uh, send us a voicemail. At, uh, you can call us at 424-666-8442 and just leave us a message. Or you could also uh, email us. Our email address is podcast at thankgodinatheist.com. Thanks to all of you for listening, and thank you to McKinsey for all the work that you do on, the, on, on Facebook, and thanks to the Red Rock Hot Club for uh, letting us use their music. Until next week, thanks so much, everyone, and uh, have a good one. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.